Welcome to the Pursue of Bliss podcast. My name is Kristen. I'm a self-professed health, spirituality, and mindset junkie. You know that blissful happiness you feel when you're just at peace with yourself, living fully in the present moment? That's the feeling I believe we are all in the pursuit of. And I want to help you get one step closer by up-leveling your health, mindset, and love for yourself. Because that lasting and blissful happiness can only be found and created within. So get ready for all things mindset, holistic health, and spirituality. I hope this serves you. and welcome to another episode of the Pursuit of Bliss podcast. This episode that you're about to listen to is so dear to me uh, because it's something that I wish I could have heard when I was 19 years old, 20 years old, 21 years old, when I was struggling with body image and my relationship with food and, um, you know, honestly, at that time period in my life, I had pretty extreme disordered eating And I was obsessed with becoming as skinny as I could. And I was counting all of my calories. And I was checking my stomach in the mirror every day. And I was really struggling with body image and self-love. And it was years and years and years to to heal this part of me and to actually cultivate real self-worth and self-love and um, to shift the way I viewed my body. And I honestly get asked all the time by women, how do I manifest my dream body? How do I manifest weight loss? How do I manifest self-love? How do I manifest away my eating disorder or my disordered eating? And, you know, my answer is always the same. You can't manifest something away by trying to get rid of it, right? What we resist persists. And healing your relationship with your body or manifesting your dream body or healing your relationship with food is actually a much deeper, deeper internal healing process than one might think, uh, as is everything with manifestation. And actually, what you'll learn in this podcast is that manifesting food freedom or healing your relationship with food, healing your relationship with your body, manifesting self-love is actually one and the same as manifesting your dream life. Um, I have people all the time, I teach them to manifest money and they also, without trying to, manifest weight loss or their dream body or self-love. And you know, the other, same with the other way around. You'll hear Sloan, who I'm going to introduce to you in a moment, uh, share how when she helps people manifest food freedom, they also tend to manifest money or love into their lives because it's all connected. It's one and the same. And so I can't wait to introduce you to Sloan. Uh, so I had a conversation with Sloan Elizabeth today for the podcast, which I'm about to play for you. And she is a holistic wellness coach. She helps women release rules and restrictions and diet so they can find lasting food freedom. But what I love about her is that she combines science and spirituality together to help her clients. Um, and I just, I wish I had someone like her in my life, you know, five to 10 years ago. And I think that what she shares is so important. So we talk a lot about food freedom, intuitive eating, what it really is and how to actually do it correctly. Um, we talk about manifesting self-love. We talk about body image. We talk a lot about how finding food freedom is connected to general freedom in your life. You know, everyone wants to manifest freedom. 
They say they want to manifest money or love or their career or their vacation, the vacation of their dreams. So really when you get down to the root of why we want to manifest what we want to manifest, everyone desires freedom. And so if you're like me a few years ago and you might have a tumultuous relationship with food, maybe you have obsessive food thoughts or you're maybe you hate your body, uh, maybe you were bullied growing up about your body. Really, if you were a woman that grew up in modern society, I don't know a single woman who grew up without some sort of struggle with appearance or body image or relationships with food because sadly it is so programmed into our culture especially in Hollywood and the media it's so programmed into our music our tv shows our movies and I always share that you know mastering manifestation is less learning to manifest and more unlearning all of the other bullshit that was programmed into our subconscious minds at a young age that made us believe that we weren't worthy and unlovable exactly as we are and this is the key to manifestation unlearning everything because as soon as you feel that worthiness right now, that's when everything that you desire shows up. So I can't wait for you to hear this conversation with Sloan. She shares so much gold. And Sloan is actually someone I've known for quite a few years. If you've uh, listened to my podcast before, you might know about my story. So I actually started online business, you know, five, six years ago working in network marketing with a health product. And I actually, Sloan and I worked together in network marketing. We were both obsessed with health and nutrition and our paths have actually evolved in a similar way we are both really struggling back then with making it an online business you know I failed for five years in a row and we've actually both transitioned more into spirituality because we both realized that that is the basis of everything working with the universe your highest self and your subconscious mind so I know you're gonna love her and everything she has to say so here she is Hello, Sloan. Welcome to the podcast. I am so, 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 so overjoyed to have you here and so excited for this conversation. Yay, me too, Kristen. Thank you. It's so amazing to see your face again. It's been so long, Um, but thank you for having me. Of course. It's so good to reconnect. And I'm really, really happy to have you here because I was just chatting with you before we started recording. Um, You know, I get so many questions about manifesting weight loss and food freedom. And um, I know that this is your expertise, so I'm super excited. But before we dive into that, um, do you want to just introduce yourself and a little bit about you for um, for the listeners? Yes, of course. So I'm Sloan Elizabeth. That's also my Instagram handle. And I am a holistic wellness coach specializing in food freedom. So helping women release diets, diet culture, obsession around food. So overthinking, planning, controlling, sometimes that's restricting and binging, essentially to help them heal their relationship with food, which ends up looking like what we know as, quote, food freedom and eating intuitively. So I combine science with spirituality, um, which is why I'm here, so that people can actually eat with love and intuition on a deeper level than what a lot of people are talking about right now when it comes to intuitive eating. So yeah, mainly coaching, um, blogging, I have a book, all that good stuff. But, you know, my focus and attention is on my clients. I love it. And I'm really excited to hear everything you have to share because I feel like I can relate a lot to this. I went through so many diet fads and 
fitness fads and so many in my, in my early twenties. And it took me years and years and years and years and years to actually cultivate a loving relationship with food and my body and intuitive eating. And, um, I'm hoping that we can uh, give some tips and tricks to people so they don't have to go through the years and years and years it took me. Um, but I'd love to hear, you know, how did you even get into this? What did your journey look like to get to where you are now being able to actually help people with this? Totally. So when I was growing up in Los Angeles, I food was easy. I had a normal relationship with food. My family was very active. My parents cooked, you know, like we had fast food. We had in and out I had ice cream every night, like very normal. Um, but definitely like my parents knew what they were doing with nutrition. Um, and I was also always a performer. So dancing, cheerleading, acting, and I loved being in the spotlight. But then And towards the end of high school, something kind of shifted in me. I went through puberty later than most people. And so all of a sudden my body felt and looked different. And I was totally freaked out. I thought there was something wrong with me because I didn't see any of these shifts happening in my friends because they had gone through it years before. And so I felt like I had to change. You know, it was those five pounds. I knew I wasn't overweight or anything like that, but I, you know, I had that logical lens with a lot of fear that I was going to gain a ton of weight and that I should, you know, cut out this, that, and the other. So I created all of these arbitrary food rules and, you know, I was always interested in science and math. And so I tried to take a nutritional lens to this and I would Google things, but Google is not always the most helpful when it (laughs) comes to nutrition. So I was just really struggling on my own with this body image and restricting. And then I went to college and I knew that this was not going to support me, you know, finding new friends focusing on school because I was so focused and obsessed with trying to kind of count calories without actually counting them. And, you know, just like going to sleep at the end of the night thinking, okay, what did I eat for breakfast and lunch and dinner? And does that fit? Or did I mess up somehow? Do I have to compensate tomorrow? It's exhausting. It's like a full-time job, right? Mm -hmm. So in college, that's when I was pre-med and I was able to actually learn like just the cold, hard truth about nutrition and psychology and neuroscience, understanding like where does fear come from and why is it so powerful in our brains? just all the biological sciences. So that really started to illuminate some things for me, some truths around like, okay, is fruit sugar actually going to make you gain weight? Um, Are carbs going to make you gain weight? Do we need this much protein, et cetera? And then I also found Gabby Bernstein and I had always been interested in self-development as a kid, but I always thought of it as like self-help. And I was like, wait, if I'm interested in these books and that means that like I need help, something's wrong. But I kind of got over that in college and was like, this is self-development. This is growth. And so that is when I learned about like universal guidance and energy and intuition. Um, And that's also around the time that I met you. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I also remember like we would talk a lot about mindset just in general. And I had never thought about that 
before, you know, it wasn't like talked about like, oh, what are your beliefs around this? What are your self-limiting beliefs? Like I'd never heard the term self-limiting belief. And so all of these pieces specifically from the science background with what I was learning and developing in my intuition is what allowed me to heal because it was really about control. Like it wasn't about food at all. And that's actually a really big takeaway here. Like food freedom is not about food. It's Mm. about your relationship with control and trust and self-worth. And I'm sure you can say very similar things about manifesting (laughs) money. Like it's not about money. Never, never, never. So that's what really clicked for me. And then when I was continuing to post content on Instagram and starting to coach women on like holistic health, I knew that I wanted to go a little bit deeper And it just really hit me that like the way that I had healed was not being spoken about. People were beginning to talk about intuitive eating as its own thing with the 10 principles, but I felt like they were throwing around the word intuition without actually teaching people what that meant and how deep that was. Mm. So I knew I had something. I ran with it. um, And that is what I do now. Mm, I love that. And I, I feel like I relate so much to everything you just shared, your journey, uh, because I never specifically tried to heal my own relationship with food. And it happened over time. But in the beginning, I was obsessed with nutrition. I think that's probably why we connected so many years ago. We had the mm-hmm. same obsession. And I used to do the same thing, Google everything. And I was like, hey, how many calories do I need to eat a day? Counting all of my calories, which was miserable, mm-hmm. trying to eat as clean as possible. And then I tried intuitive eating. And None of that ever worked. And I actually, you know, looking back at my journey, everything shifted and I really healed when I stopped focusing on that and actually learned to heal my relationship with myself and raise my self-worth and build like actual subconscious level internal self-love. And that's when everything shifted. Mm. Um, And so I'm interested to hear more about, because I know you mentioned that it's not about food. Mm -hmm. Uh, So what would you say is like the biggest shift for people who, who are in a place where they're controlling and have a maybe toxic relationship with food or body image? What is the first step to, to actually healing if it's not yeah. focusing on food? Right. So I kind of think about this in terms of a pyramid, like at the top is action. And this is where most people start and end and fail. Hmm. They just want to know what should I do? What should I eat? How should I work out? Like all the quantitative stuff. And what we know is that your subconscious blueprint is what's at the bottom and that's the foundation for everything. And that's what informs the second layer of the layer of the pyramid, which is your conscious thoughts and beliefs. And then those thoughts and beliefs plus feelings lead to the action. So a lot of people are just staying at the surface level of action. They just want Band-Aid approaches. They're, they're just like, you know, playing up there. The first step is to start actually exploring your relationship with and your beliefs around some broader topics, which usually have to do with, as I said, control and self-worth, trust, and just like fear in general. And so a lot of times when people are struggling with their relationship with food, those controlling tendencies and that perfection, all or nothing, the black and white, it 
is affecting other areas of their life too. Like they notice that, oh, I'm also trying to control all the social plans or I want my schoolwork or my career work to be perfect. Or if I'm going to the gym, it's like I either have to go for 60 minutes or not at all, like 30 minutes won't cut it, right? So that's why we actually have to kind of take a step back, zoom out, broaden the lens to look at those deeper wounds in general. And then we can focus on, okay, how does this control relate to food? And so that actually then creates a trickle effect in a beneficial and good way where you're having freedom with food, but also freedom with life, like in your social life, in your romantic life, in your career money. Like I've had clients manifest money while working with me and they're like, (laughs) what? I'm like, trust me, it's all related. Mm-hmm. I, I'm the same way. I, Cause as you know, I teach a lot about money and I have people who end up manifesting self-love and they're like, I wasn't expecting this. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I know <laughs> <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> you improve everything or nothing at all. Uh, right. so I love that, that approach. And, um, I feel like this is something that so many people need to hear. And I wish I could have heard when I was in college, when I was in my, in my, you know, late teens, young twenties, because I was desperately trying to control everything. And looking back, it was just a way of me trying to make myself feel safe and in control of my life because I felt so out of control of my life. And, um, you know, I had no concept of any of this and intuition, surrender, fear, subconscious Mm -hmm. beliefs. Um, And so what you're saying, I'm like, oh yeah, I look back, I can see that in myself, Um, which is so crazy. But so I want to hear more about intuitive eating. Uh, because I know you say it's not about food. It's more about control. Um, you know, but is intuitive eating something that you teach or something that you stand by? Totally. So basically I kind of repackaged this into my own method, which I call eating with love and intuition. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is because although I stand by intuitive eating in the technical term that it is and the principles that are outlined, I know that for my clients who are all or nothing black and white thinkers – If they don't eat intuitively one day, all of a sudden they're like, oh, well, I'm failing and I'm no longer an intuitive eater, quote, right? People are so stuck on labels. So I kind of wanted to get away from the labels and go a lot deeper into what intuition actually means. Also, personally, principles feel like rules to me or guidelines, it's all rules, right? Mm-hmm. And we're trying to step away from rules and restrictions and doing things one cookie cutter way. So eating with love and intuition, like the main verb is eating and you can't really fail at eating, right? Perhaps some days your intuition or your intention of leading with love and intuition isn't there and that's okay. It's a journey, it's a practice, but that's why I've kind of reframed it into this way of being. It's not a diet. It's not a lifestyle change, (laughs) right? It's a way of doing things. So when you learn how to eat with love and intuition, you can also move your body with love and intuition. You can, you know, lead your career with love and intuition, find a partner or, you know, lead a relationship with love and intuition. So 
that's kind of the the shift. But yes, eating with intuition or eating intuitively is absolutely the goal. And it doesn't mean just to eat what you're craving and stop when you're full. That's what I see a lot. And it's way too surface level, way too like just BS. Honestly, it's not deep mm-hmm. enough because what part of you is craving that cookie? Like, why are you craving mm-hmm. that cookie? How much of the cookie are you craving? Right. And just stop when you're full. Okay. But listening to your cravings is one thing, but do you understand what you're hearing? And are you implementing what you're understanding? No. Mm -hmm. So many people are listening and they're like, I know I'm full, but I'm going to keep eating. And that ends up leading into a binge. This is, I feel like, similar to. I always get the question, what's the difference between intuition and ego? And I feel like this is similar. What's the difference between your intuition telling you to eat a cookie or your cravings telling you to eat a cookie that's just coming from another part of you that is looking for control or to fill an emotional void? So I don't know. Is there is there a solution to that? Yes, yes, totally. And you're so right. I see the parallels too. And it takes a little bit of curiosity. So it's not like quizzing yourself or questioning yourself, right? It's just like a gentle curiosity when you're making decisions about what part is speaking to me. And part of it, which I'm sure you can relate to, is hard to put into words because it's so energetic, like it's hard to explain sometimes yeah, 100%. in the language that we have. But what I can say is intuition, let's say it's a cookie, right? If it just feels like a yes, it feels easy. It's not like obsessive and loud in my brain and frantic and worried. It's just like, mm, yeah, that's a yes right now. And it's just simple. And if it was, oh, but I don't have cookies, okay, it's fine. Like it's not that big of a deal, right? It's not tragic. It's not special. Um, And you're able to feel satisfied with an appropriate amount, whatever that amount is for you, then beautiful. That might be nourishing your body on like a soul level because not every food has to be nutrient dense and nourishing your physical body with vitamins and minerals. Like Mm -hmm. cookies are nourishing too, right? But when it's charged with this like like agitation, right, or this worry, oh, am I going to feel guilty? Is this right the decision? Is this the wrong decision? That kind of like your brain is all over the place. It's scattered. That's where you want to take a step back and ask yourself, okay, well, what like what part of me is asking for this if you're not really in the mood also that's kind of a good way to discern like sometimes i'll have clients who are really big like nighttime snackers and they're like i'm not even hungry and i'm like well it's probably because you're not actually in the mood for something so nothing's hitting the spot because there's no spot to hit mm. Instead, you're looking for a way to relax or calm Mm -hmm. down or feel safe, comfort, et cetera. So yeah, if it's not intuitively led, it's likely lack of something. So I definitely include a lot of like lack versus abundance Mm -hmm. in this 
Mm -hmm. Such a big principle of the law of attraction, because when you feel like you're, there's not enough opportunities to have this cookie, like when's the next time I'm going to have this? When's the next time I'm allowed quote to have it? That lack, that scarcity is going to turn into a binge. Right. Or I'm not good enough. I've messed up decreasing your self-worth. Oh, well, I may as well ruin all of my progress and just eat a whole pizza by myself. I have been there. <laughs> totally. I, I feel like everything you're saying that used to be me a few years ago. And what I've noticed that I do now sometimes um, when I'm not really thinking about it is if I'm like in a bad mood or feel sad or something happened where I don't feel like quote unquote, a po- you know, positive emotion, I found that I'll go and I'll eat like I want a chocolate cake or I want a cookie because I don't want to feel the pain right? And I'm trying to avoid the pain by eating something that makes me feel good for a short period of time. So for me, it's almost like this subconscious avoidance mm-hmm. of the pain that I'm experiencing where the actual healing, right, is being with the pain. And this is why I think I found that a lot of people also, when they start learning to actually manifest and do the inner work, lose weight or like, you know, their body shifts without them even trying to. Yeah. Um, because once you I don't know if you've experienced this with your, with your clients, but once you learn to actually do that healing and sit with the discomfort, you no longer have the need to um, to turn into the cookies or the cake right. or whatever it might be. Completely. The stress eating, the emotional eating, it mm-hmm. just kind of like subsides because you're actually dealing with what's stressing you mm-hmm. out. So when people say like, oh, what are some tips to avoid stress eating? I'm like, well, that's the wrong question. The question is what's stressing you out mm-hmm. and why? Like, let's deal with the root and not the damage control once mm-hmm. you're already like in the pantry. Yeah. So that's yeah. why, yeah, it's so much work around just general fear and control, feeling like, okay, well, if I release my food rules, then I'm going to definitely spiral out of control and gain a bunch of weight. That's like mm. a super big fear. And I'm sure from manifesting also, well, if I don't control it, like it's not going to happen, right? Mm. If I don't do it, then who will? Right. Well, yeah, the universe will right. and your body will. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, for all of the, the need to control that we project onto food, I'm curious, like, do you know where this comes from? Like, where do we pick that up? Is it something that, you know, was learned in childhood? Is it something that most of us have just ingrained in us? Mm-hmm. Because I feel like, I mean, looking at all of my friends when they were, when we were, you know, all in our young twenties, like, I don't think I had one female friend who didn't struggle with this. (laughs) Yeah. I know. I know. One of my missions is like to make this experience abnormal. Mm. And for now it is totally normal. Unfortunately, that's a really good question. And I think that it depends on the person, but very common origins are definitely like mothers who dieted. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really big one. I think also food is just something that's pretty easy to control. Like it's just kind of an easy option and it's something that you can pretty much have full control over. Whereas a lot of other things in life, I feel like other people are involved or there's other factors, but food is also something that we're regularly interacting with every day, multiple times a day. So that would kind of be my guess. I think it's just like a really easy out and it is so emotional. Like we are all emotional eaters. That's 
what makes food enjoyable. Mm -hmm. So when you're saying like, I don't want to be sad, I want to eat cake, like, yeah, because cake makes you happy (laughs) and it tastes good. So I think that that's also a reason, like it is so emotional already, um, but absolutely like learned behaviors as well from parents or siblings or, you know, if it's just tied really deeper into the self-worth, it could be bullying when you were growing up, someone like pointing out the size or shape of your body or just like something around like I had a client who it was really for her tied to like perfection with career and success Mm -hmm. and that was something that she learned when she was in like a really tough like prep school environment had nothing to do with food or her body but it was just about like what it generally might or should look like to be successful Mm -hmm. and then you go and see magazines and social media it's like well also success equals thin Mm -hmm. and so it just like got you know, tied together, associated in her brain. So yeah, I mean, media is also like a huge, huge problem and part of this too. So I think there's a lot of origins that are unfortunately like going against us, not in our favor, which is why part of my mission is to like help the collective shift, but also help individuals so that they have the tools and the strength to feel empowered despite what the magazines are going to continue mm-hmm. spewing. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, the success equals 10 when you got that. I was like, oof, <laughs> that <laughs> definitely used to be one of my beliefs back in the day. I remember when I was, when I was younger, when I was going through all of this, I used to like check my stomach in the mirror every single day yeah. when I woke up in the afternoon, after every meal, when I went to bed. And if I didn't look, you know, quote unquote thin enough, I would freak out. Um, I think that I was eating too much, even though I was, you know, not eating enough, counting all of my calories, Um, and so, you know, once again, this kind of understanding would have completely shifted my reality at such a young age. So I think it's so incredible that, that you're here sharing this and you're doing this. It's so needed. Um, but for people who maybe relate to that version of me, who feel like they can never be thin enough, you know, I guess what, if they're wanting to actually shift and manifest that food freedom, like what are the actual first tangible steps that they can take, uh, to make that happen? Totally. So I think, you know, there's kind of two different ways to look at this because some people it's really rooted in like body image and some it's more food focused. Mm. And so there's kind of two different, slightly different paths Mm. for those, honestly. And, you know, we haven't really touched on body image. So I'll kind of go there with like this thinness, right? I think there's a lot of pressure to quote, love your body. Mm -hmm. And for some people that feels right now impossible. Like, how could I ever love my body when I hate it right now? And so again, we're not just going to go to action, not just putting sticky notes on your mirror telling you that you're beautiful, (laughs) right? Those like basic affirmations probably won't work. Mm -hmm. So first we want to kind of like just understand what you're dealing with, like lay the groundwork, lay out like what are the beliefs that I have right now without shame, without shaming yourself, without judging yourself. This is something that I have to tell every new client that I work with because they'll say, I know this is so weird, but I do this. Or I know it doesn't make any sense, but I do this. And that self-judgment, that self-shame 
is just going to keep you stuck. So just laying it out on the table without shame. Like what are the self-limiting beliefs? What does feel true to you? And then starting to begin activating your highest self, your intuition, the version of you that doesn't have fear, the version of you that is connected to divine guidance, the goddess version of you, like she's not worried about weight. So does she think that these beliefs are true? Probably not. Okay, well, what is she saying? And sometimes that's hard when you've never had a conversation with your highest self, when you've never Mm -hmm. called on her, um, which is where coaching and guidance is so, so imperative. But that's kind of where we start with just like neutrality, no shame, just laying it out. And if you are on a journey to feel more confident in your body, understand that like neutrality is a great place to be as well. You don't have to Mm -hmm. jump from insecure to totally in love. It can be, okay, I'm not feeling so great to, I understand what's happening to, okay, well, I appreciate that. Like I at least have a body. I appreciate that I have this vessel. I'm actually grateful for parts of it, right? Like having gratitude for your body, amazing place to be. And if you can get to just there and stay there for a little bit, eventually that gratitude and that appreciation will shift into love. And I think that, I mean, those feelings come from the energy of love. So also reframing, what does it mean to love yourself? Like it doesn't have to be thinking that you're awesome at every single thing that you do. I feel like gratitude and appreciation are on like the same side of the coin as love just the energy of love. Mm -hmm. I love that because I kind of feel the same way. And I I think that the whole concept of you have to love your body, people think, oh, I have to be so in love with myself every single day. So happy with what my body always looks like, never have any negative thoughts about my body. And obviously that is impossible to be in that place where you never have negative thoughts or beliefs about yourself. And for me, I think it's more been a journey of um, having grace with myself. Uh, rather than actively always liking my body or liking everything about myself. It's more like, um, you know, letting go of, like you said, the shame and the judgment and like having a lot of grace and forgiveness for myself and ease through the process. Because some days I wake up and I really like my body and some days I don't, and I don't feel good in my body. Um, But it's been a process of, yeah, just releasing that shame and that judgment and that guilt. And that's like changed everything for me. Um, and I think one, one activity I used to do when I was starting this process every single day, I would stand naked in the mirror and I would talk to each one of my body parts individually and Mm. just thank it for one thing, you know, I'd like thank my legs for allowing me to walk or, you know, thank my eyes for allowing me to see, or like, I would like hold the rolls in my belly and like, thank my, (laughs) my belly fat for protecting me. And in the beginning it was so triggering and I hated it, but like, eventually I, I like actually began to enjoy the process. I did it for a really long time. And that in itself really helped me to shift my relationship with my body. And in turn, when I began to shift my relationship with my body, my relationship with food organically and yeah. naturally shifted without me even trying. <laughs> totally. And I love that your activity focuses on gratitude and not 
forcing love. Like I love my legs because they help me walk. Like that can Mm -hmm. feel like a big jump. So yeah, starting with just appreciation and gratitude for the function. Like you don't even have to go to aesthetics yet. Just Mm -hmm. thanking it for what it does for you completely shifts you out of hatred and Mm -hmm. guilt and shame. And that's an incredible step to take. And I think that allowing that process to unfold without rushing or forcing is so huge. I always think about like what I think I've seen this on your story, like what it means to be in alignment. It doesn't mean forcing yourself to be high vibe Mm -hmm. because that activity and your feeling, they're not on the same wavelength. They're not aligned. Mm -hmm. So if you can just gently climb the ladder take small steps to go up, up, and up, it's going to last you so much longer and actually create shifts that will stay. Yeah. A hundred percent. I love that you brought that up. And I think it also means sometimes like, you know, if you wake up and you don't feel good about your body, allowing yourself to be in whatever the emotion is without the shame and the guilt, because, you know, our emotions, you know, to become more high vibe and to manifest more, we have to release our repressed emotions that are holding down our, our vibration. And sometimes that can come, it can come in any way, shape or form. And maybe that day it might be through sadness around how your body feels that day. And I think it's important for people not only to not have the shame and judgment for themselves, but also for any emotions that come with Mm -hmm. the body image or the relationship with food. Um, because I think, you know, the emotions are always out and, and important to be felt on the self-love journey rather than just forcing the love, forcing the love, forcing yes. the love. So I'm really, really happy that you brought that up. And I wanted to ask you, cause someone asked me this a while ago and I'm curious your take on it since we're on the topic of body image. Someone asked me if it was possible to love themselves and love their body, but also want to change their body. Um, and I'm just curious your take on that. Yes. So You'll see a lot of intuitive eating and health at every size practitioners shame people for wanting to lose weight. And I do not really stand for that. While at the same time, we need to really like get clear on the intention behind wanting to change. So I'm not going to support everybody who wants to lose weight. First, I want to understand like, why is that? So yes, I think that you can approach your body from a place of love saying, I love the fact that my body exists. I love the fact that my body has this shape right now. I love the fact that, you know, it has all these functions and I want to add tone, strength, flexibility, And thinking in terms of abundance, adding something instead of lack, losing weight. I want to lose, lose, lose. What your subconscious mind is hearing is I want to lose. Mm -hmm. I want to be a loser, right? Mm -hmm. Even though that's not what you mean. So wanting to change your body, we just need to be careful about where that desire is coming from. So for me, let's say... I really enjoy moving my body in mindful ways. There have been times where I've wanted to add strength to my body. And I, before kind of like committing to that, I ask, okay, what? how do I want to feel? 
Like, what do I think this will bring me? Exact same with manifesting Mm -hmm. $10,000. Okay, well, what do you think that $10,000 is going to bring you? (laughs) What Mm. do you think stronger abs is going to bring you? Whatever it is, that's totally valid and fair. And you can notice that you already have those things. You already have strength. You already have a feeling of empowerment. So if you can focus on that more while you're on your way to whatever this point B looks like, you're going to get there a lot faster, a lot easier, and you're actually going to feel this greater sense of whatever it is as opposed to changing the external shell and internally nothing shifts. Mm -hmm. Mm. I love this. Yes, this is exactly also where manifestation comes in Mm -hmm. because people think, oh, well, once I lose 10 pounds, I'm going to be so much happier. Nope. False. Same with the money. I think this is similar. Uh, You know, this is what we're taught in society, you know, if we to project everything outward. And what I'm hearing from you, it seems like what you're saying is oftentimes we might project our own unmet needs on achieving a certain body type or whatever that might be. Right. So maybe I want to feel more worthy. I want to feel more lovable. And I think if I lose 10 pounds or atone my arms, I've been guilty of this in my life that I'll be more lovable and people will like me more. Um, when in reality, you know, your inner child is just craving that love from you right now. And, you know, this feeds into, you know, you manifest when you want something, but you don't need it, right. You're meeting all of your needs now. So, you know, if you want to change your body, but you don't need it to feel worthy or need it to feel lovable, right? Mm, Yes, totally. Because that neediness is scarcity Mm -hmm. and attachment. And so, yeah, when you're detached, you're like, I genuinely feel awesome. I genuinely am confident. I genuinely feel good. And I want to increase strength. Like I want to push myself. I want to lift more Mm -hmm. weights. Then like, cool. Yes, I support you. Um, If it's like I am feeling more confident, I'm feeling more empowered, and I want to release some weight to improve my health because my blood pressure is high or because I'm having joint pain, then perhaps that is going to be aligned with what is best for your highest self. And so we just want to be careful, yeah, about like making sure that you feel like your needs are met in terms of feeling the control, that things are under control and that you can still release and be in the flow and that you still trust yourself and that you still feel worthy now. You're not Mm. waiting to feel worthy. If you can feel worthy now and in control now and trusting now genuinely, then yeah, it's fine to maybe put a little bit more emphasis on your external body because ultimately like not that much is going to change mentally. Yeah. It's the same with money. People think that, you know, when they become a millionaire or manifest the six figures that everything's going to change and they're going to feel amazing. But, you know, as you know, same thing with food and or same thing with body image. Um, You know, it takes the internal shifts first because in actuality, money's not going to bring you anything you don't already have. It's going to magnify what's already inside you. And it sounds like the same thing with changing your body. When you lose 10 pounds, you're just going to feel more of the unworthiness that you were manifesting that that body change within the first place. 
Um, And I think it's really important because I don't think people speak on this that much. The intention behind manifesting the change in your body or the weight loss Mm -hmm. or whatever it might be. And, you know, that's everything when it comes to manifestation and law of attraction, the energy behind it. Um, But I also want to shift and talk a little bit more about food freedom, because I know that you mentioned food freedom is related to life freedom. And I've noticed in my practice, the biggest thing people want to manifest is freedom. That's not what they say. They say, I want to manifest money and love and a career and vacation. But when I'm like, why, 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 what's it going to bring you? It comes down to freedom. It's what everyone wants at the end of the day. Um, So how are the two related? And before you explain that, maybe even give a basic definition of what is food freedom? Like, what does that even mean? I don't even think we went there yet. (laughs) (laughs) Such a good question. Okay. So my definition of food freedom is ultimately feeling free, duh, but like at peace and ease um, with a variety of options and choices to make decisions about food that feel in alignment from a place of love and intuition. So feeling comfortable and at ease and empowered to make those decisions without external validation, without you know consulting a meal plan, without measuring all of those external checkpoints, like feeling really free within yourself to allow your body to tell you what it needs, allow your brain to help, allow your highest self, the universe to help. So that's kind of my overall definition. Um, So food freedom absolutely trickles into life freedom for two reasons. One is because food is an essential part of our lives. And so when I ask people, why do you want to heal your relationship with food? Why is this even important to you? They say, well, because I can't like hang out with my friends and family anymore. Like when we go out to eat, I'm not there. I'm not present. I'm worrying about the menu and thinking about what I should order. Like, okay, so when you have food freedom and you're not worried about that, you get to hang out with your friends again and make memories and like be present and be there. That's life freedom, Mm -hmm. right? And when you're focused on the calories, you're obsessing, you can't stop thinking about food. That's another thing people say. I'm exhausted and I have no brain space left. Okay, so when you have this freedom, you're no longer obsessing. You can think about other things in your life. Mm. That's life freedom. Or I, you know, am so tied up with food. I can't focus on my schoolwork. Okay, well, no longer tied up with food. You're able to do better in school and at your job. That's life freedom. So because we are all going to be eating food at least three times a day-ish, every day for the rest of our lives. Like it's very deeply tied into our lives. So that's one reason. And the other reason is because of all of these like foundational principles that we've been talking about and relating to food and money and career. Like you can take these principles and really find this quote freedom, this ease, this trust in all those other aspects of life. So learning how to release the fear of food rules, 
really alchemize that fear into love. Trust your body and your intuition to eat the bread when you used to be scared, right? Like that process you can take to applying to a new job. Okay, the fear is I'm not good enough for this. I shouldn't even apply. Is that actually true? Is that what your intuition and your highest self is telling you? No. Okay, what is actually true? Of course I'm worthy of this. Of course I can do this. You apply to the job. So these principles are all foundational for just living with love and intuition. So that's the other reason and way that this trickles into really any area of life and all areas, I would say. Yeah, that makes sense. And something else that I feel like it would do or relate to freedom is if you no longer are putting all of that energy on the obsessive thoughts around food or your body, you have more energy that you can actually flow into what you want to manifest. Oh yeah. Right. Like the money or the love or the, whatever it is. Um, because as you know, manifestation is all about where your energy is going and where your focus goes, your energy flows. If your focus is always obsessed around food as mine used to be, mm-hmm. um, how can you possibly manifest something new into your life? And so I think all of that internal healing you're talking about has to take place first. And it's directly related to manifesting the life of your dreams. Totally. It's just part of that process. So I love that you relate the two. And, um, you know, I know that you say a lot of this work is really doing the deep internal healing around what are the actual beliefs um, that are leading into the control or leading into the obsessive thoughts. But are there any, you know, tips or tricks you have that people who feel like they want to achieve food freedom, um, or stop their obsessive thinking that they can start doing now on their daily lives to start to like improve the situation. Totally. So it is kind of hard to give tips because I don't want people just playing at the action Uh, level. uh Right. But I will say that awareness is key to begin to begin with. So just starting to become more aware of your language. Like how do you speak about food? Do you use Mm -hmm. words like clean or healthy or unhealthy. Like I don't really use the word healthy anymore Mm. because what does that even mean? Mm -hmm. No, start listening to other people and yourself because diet culture is so deeply and seamlessly ingrained. Like I hear in fitness classes all the time and they mean well, but they're saying, you know, hold that plank longer because you're changing into your summer body. Where are you going to go Ugh. with that summer body? Are you going to the beach? That's so cringeworthy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Makes me cringe. I know. And But, like, it's pretty normal. Yeah. So, like, listen to that. Start becoming aware of all of the bullshit, essentially, mm-hmm. within your own thoughts, the labels, the language. Like, Language and words can be really good indicators of where our subconscious mind is because you've been using those words forever. You're not even aware of it. But when you say junk food even, okay, you're like, oh, I ate so much junk food. You're literally labeling your body as a trash can. Mm. Like that's what your body feels. Mm -hmm. So start to become aware of the language and just start to slow down and pause and start introducing some of this curiosity. It's not about, you know, interrogating yourself, as I said, but start wondering, hmm, like, I wonder where this craving is coming from. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily have to take action yet. You don't have to make any changes yet, but just start 
wondering, hmm, why do I eat the same exact salad every single day? Is it because I'm like scared to mix it up and this feels like a quote safe food? Or why did I go gluten-free two years ago? Mm-hmm. Like, am I actually intolerant to gluten or was it what everyone was doing? Mm-hmm. Um, does sugar actually make me feel sick or am I just scared of it? So like just start calling yourself out on all of the little rules that become so normal. Notice the language and start surrounding yourself with, you know, accounts, podcasts, people that do have a healthy relationship with food. Because as you said, like so common with your friends, there was nobody really Mm -hmm. in the group that was successful with this, right? And so then that like triggers and just like it's a feedback loop. So Mm start surrounding yourself with what healing actually looks like. And then when you're ready, start. (laughs) Start, just start. I love that. Um, And, you know, honestly, for me, like I didn't even realize that what the way I, I was, the way I acted, my relationship with food, my body, that it, that it wasn't normal and that it was unhealthy because everyone around me was the same way. And I just, And then you look at the movies and the media and everyone, it's, everyone's the same. And so it kind of takes like what you're saying, it takes stepping back and becoming a little bit more conscious, getting curious and asking better questions to realize, um, that it's actually not normal, right. It might be the quote unquote norm in our society, but it's not normal. Um, and I think it's, I love the way you answered that question, like becoming more conscious, asking better questions. And what you said earlier in the podcast, getting to the root, Mm -hmm. right. Not asking, how do I stop? Um, what was it like obsessively eating at night? Um, Mm -hmm. but asking yourself, okay, why am I so stressed? What is actually causing this need? to fill this void with food. Um, I think that's, I've never heard someone speak on food and intuitive eating the way you have. And I think it's just so incredible and amazing. I'm really happy we're having this conversation. And um, I think I probably know the answer to this question. Uh, But would you say that it's, you know, easier to do this kind of healing work um, with support? Or do you think that it's possible for people to, to do all of this on their own? Totally. So of course, it's going to be easier with the right support. Unfortunately, I have so many clients come to me that say, I worked with a dietitian and she made it worse. And I'm not saying that all dietitians are bad, but a lot of dietitians who have gone through traditional training are tied up in diet culture. It's really upsetting. So the right support Yes, absolutely. Because if you're going to do this the right way, which I hope you are, and starting at the subconscious mind, like you're not conscious of it, right? Sometimes you need someone, a coach or a programmer, mentor to highlight those blind spots for you and ask the questions and dig with you and ask for, well, why? Well, why? Because, you know, if you're listening to this, has doing it on your own helped? Probably not. That's why you're here. So yes. And make sure that you really are getting support from the right place. Um, I will say that sure, it's possible to do it on your own. I've found that if you just are going to be okay with having a quote normal relationship with food, like you just want to get back to where you were, then you know it'll take a lot of time, trial and error, money, mistakes, but you can get there. 
my goal is to help my clients have extraordinary relationships with food, like better than before the first diet, Mm -hmm. better than the restricting and binging. I always say, you know, like my brother has never struggled with food, whatever. So normal. But I now have, I would say, a better relationship with food than he does because I actually took the time to go deeper and to have a loving relationship with food, a super intuitive relationship with food, not just normal. Mm-hmm. And to do that, I mean, yeah, no, like you're probably not an expert at it. It's not your fault. So go find an expert <laughs> to teach you. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, so I hope that, you know, people don't want to settle for just normal. Um, and So having that extra support, digging into the subconscious layers, like it's really hard to do that by yourself. So freaking hard. (laughs) I would even say pretty close to impossible if you're new at doing this kind of work. Mm -hmm. Um, My entire journey has been support system after support system, coach after coach, you know, program after program. It's how I got where I am. I think it's so important. You know, the easiest way to get where you want to go or to manifest the kind of life you want is to learn directly from someone who's already there, who's already done it. Um, And so I'm completely on board with that. Um, I think it's so important for everyone to get, but like you said, the right kind of support. Because I've had the same thing happen. People come to me and said, I work with a therapist and they made it worse. Uh, They made me feel way worse about my situation. And so I think you're right. Finding the right support um, will make or break everything. And with that said, I know that you do offer support. Um, do you want to share more about what that looks like for people who are listening and like, whoa, that's me. <laughs> this Sloan girl is amazing. How do yes. I work with her? <laughs> Completely. Um, and I'll also share some links with you so that it's accessible for everyone to find. But yes, I do offer a few different ways for women to work with me. Um, I do one-on-one. I also have a course slash group program. So it's self-paced with group support. And then I have also like an entry level program for people to start out if they just want to start with body image, feel comfortable with the idea of their body being where it's at, maybe changing. Sometimes people are scared to go into food freedom because they're scared of weight gain. So first we might want to deal with the body image. So that's the body love blueprint and then Food Freedom Collective, and then one-on-one. So different levels of support. Um, And I can also share a link with you where people can opt in for a totally free consultation and just see if we'd even be a good fit to work together. Amazing. I'll make sure that we have all of the links in the show notes uh, for everyone so it's easy to access that. And I know that you also said you had a free guide that you were going to share. Do you want to share more about what that is? Totally. So this is beginning steps to release obsession. So this is for someone who feels like food is constantly on their minds, overthinking, can't stop thinking about food. This is a really quick PDF that guides you through like the first five steps to start releasing that obsession so that you can free up some more brain space. So that link will be below and that's a totally free guide. Amazing. And last question, how can people find you on social media? 
So Sloan Elizabeth is my handle. There's an E at the end of Sloan. So it's a double E. Um, and that is where you can mostly find me. If you're a student who is diving into wellness and intuitive eating, I have a book on Amazon called Kale and Cravings with a K. If you're not a student, you can still totally get the book. It has dorm room style recipes. So if you just don't like cooking, um, that would be for you as well. Um, um, and yeah, you can find everything else on Instagram. That's where I mostly hang out. Perfect. I am linking everything below to make it super easy for everyone. And if you feel called at all to connect with Sloan or to work with her, I highly recommend you follow your intuition and do it because she is incredible. I cannot say enough amazing things about her. And uh, Sloan, thank you so much for being here and for sharing everything. That was amazing, amazing, amazing. So honored to have had you as a guest. Oh, thank you, Kristen. This was so fun. I feel like there was so much magic in Mm -hmm. here. So um, I hope everyone was taking notes and I can't wait to connect with everyone further. So thank you. Of course.